Hello, thank you for joining LTC NACCHAT, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing, APACN. I'm Jennifer LeBay, Curriculum Development Specialist for APACN, and I will be your host for today's podcast. I'm here today with Jesse McGill, Curriculum Development Specialist for APACN. Jesse joins us to answer a few outstanding questions that members asked during her recent webinar, Keep Quality Measures Hot During the Five Star Freeze. Welcome, Jesse. Thanks, Jennifer. I'm glad to be here. One of the questions that was asked during the live Q&A portion of the webinar was regarding the urinary tract infection or UTI measure. A listener stated that it seemed like their facility is triggering this measure due to coding UTI on the MDS when a resident is admitted from acute care with a diagnosis of UTI that was treated while in acute and during the 30-day look-back period. Can you provide a recap of your response and do you have any additional insight? Oh, that's a great question, Jennifer, and I am so glad you brought it up because I wanted to clarify the response I had during the live Q&A, because, of course, when you think about things more after the fact, you have more time to consider how this resident in the situation could trigger. So I'm going to start with talking a little bit more about the measure, the percent of residents with the UTI, which is a long stay measure, which means it only includes residents with 101 or more cumulative days in the facility. It also excludes MDS assessments that are the admission or the five-day type. This means that the five-day or admission following a hospital stay would not be able to trigger for this measure. However, there could be a chance that a different follow-up measure could be triggering the UTI. So, for example, if you had an OBRA assessment, such as a significant change or OBRA discharge return anticipated, that was completed within those first 30 days of coming into the facility where that 30-day look-back period still captured that UTI during the acute hospital stay, that would be captured on a qualifying reason for assessment. However, the key part here is that the resident has to achieve 101 or more cumulative days in the facility following that initial admission. And so when we look at how this measure triggers, you're looking at a long stay look back period, which is three months, and you're looking back for a qualifying reason for assessment. So if that significant change or OBRA discharge return anticipated that was completed right after the admission, close enough to capture that UTI during the hospital, and it was the triggering assessment during that three-month look-back period once the resident has achieved 101 days, then that could trigger. However, that's a very close timing. So if a resident had a quarterly that was completed after that time frame, which did not capture the UTI, then that would be the target assessment and would not capture UTI. So it would have to be that target assessment within a three-month look-back period that was completed after admission or the five-day, but within the 30 days to capture that UTI. So only in very rare circumstances would a UTI that was coded during an acute hospital stay actually be captured and counted against a long-stay resident. Thank you for that clarification, Jesse. There was also a follow-up question related to the UTI quality measure. Why would a UTI not be excluded for readmissions? Oh, that is a great follow-up question. And to better understand this, if we look at 
how quality measures are calculated, we have to consider that they look at an episode of care. And when we talk about an episode of care, that starts with the admission entry into the facility. So an episode always starts with A1900, that admission entry date. And the episode of care can end with either a discharge return not anticipated, a discharge return anticipated and the resident did not return within 30 days, a death and facility record, or the end of the target period. When we talk about the end of the target period, that is essentially because the resident is still in our facility, so they haven't discharged, they have not expired, but it's the end of that target period for when this quality measure is going to be measured. So at this point, at the end of the target period, they've hit 101 cumulative days in facilities, so they're long stay, and we're looking at that episode of care. Now, that episode of care can include multiple stays. And a stay starts with either a mission entry or a re-entry, but always uses the date at A1600. So if the resident has had multiple entries into the facility, that re-entry date at A1600 will be different than the admission date at A1900. So the stay starts at A1600 and ends with either a discharge or the end of the target period, again, whichever comes first. So within that episode of care, which the quality measure is looking at, the resident can have multiple stays. So if they have a UTI, even if it was diagnosed well at an acute stay during a discharge return anticipated, that will still reflect on the quality measures because it occurred while the resident was in an episode of care in our facility, even though it was during a hospital stay, and that's reflected on that long stay quality measure. Now, Another important thing to recognize with these quality measures is that CMS does not expect facilities to score zero, and this situation counts the same for all facilities. So this is something you just would have to monitor, and you'd also want to ensure that if the UTI was diagnosed during the hospital, was there something that may have contributed to the UTI while they were in the facility before they discharge return anticipated, which contributed to that UTI development? It was just identified while in the hospital stay. Thank you for that comprehensive answer. Our next question is about the only measure that will unfreeze in 2024. When CMS unfreezes the percentage of residents who made improvements in function short stay measure in October 2024 and starts using the SNF discharge function score measure, what periods will be measured? This is a great question and it's very complex, so I'm going to answer it in two separate aspects. First, in the five-star view and then in the SNF QRP view. So the new measure is the discharge function score. And for the five-star reporting, this is going to use a four full quarters of data. However, because the section GG information was already collected on your Medicare five days and your Medicare discharges, which are the assessments that are used for this measure, CMS did not need to wait until January 2025 to have four full quarters of data to collect in this measure. So the four full quarters that will be publicly reported on Five Star as of the October 2024 refresh will include quarter three 2023 through quarter two 2024. Now, the tricky part is, is that this is also a SNF QRP measure. 
And so the quarter that will be used for the fiscal year 2026 SNF QRP program year will be the quarter four data. So just October 1st, 2023 through December 31st, 2023, that quarter four data is the only data that's used for that first year of that SNF QRP measure for the program year of fiscal year 2026. Thank you for that answer. When the measures unfreeze, will Five Star report all the information during the time frame of the freeze until the release? Yes, they will, which is why it's so important to monitor all of the underlying data and the accuracy of the MDSs in the meantime. So just to recap, this does apply to the remaining three measures that were frozen since April 2024. So this is the percent of residents whose need for help with activities of daily living has increased. This is also the percent of residents whose ability to move independently worsened, which will unfreeze to the percent of residents whose ability to walk independently worsened, and the percent of high-risk residents with pressure ulcers, which will unfreeze to the percent of residents with pressure ulcers. The data that will be displayed when it's unfrozen in January 2025 will include the data that started quarter four 2023. So that's October 1st, 2023, when we first had section GG on our OBRA assessments. And will include data through quarter three 2024, which ends September 30th, 2024. So Pretty much everything from when we got the new MDS item set, October 1st, with the 1.18.11 item set, through the end of quarter three next year. And again, monitoring that underlying data. Thank you. During the webinar, to help facilities look ahead and manage the new measures that will unfreeze in January 2025, Jesse, you provided the example of the new percent of residents with pressure ulcers long stay measure. Can you provide another example? Sure. And again, just to recap what we talked about on the webinar is while well, you're monitoring the underlying data for these measures during the freeze, since you may not have IKEYS reports for some time, you'll need to use internal analysis. And when we talked on the webinar, we talked about the internal analysis of your pressure ulcers, which may include wound rounds and other meetings to discuss residents at risk for skin breakdown, as well as monitoring systems and processes that help you monitor or prevent that risk, and then root cause analysis when needed. So when we look at the other measures that will be frozen, we have the percent of residents whose need for help with ADLs increased and the new discharge function score. Both of those measures heavily use section GG and there's specific GG items that are used, but again, accuracy in all of the GG items would help with both of these measures. And so when we're talking about monitoring the information on these measures, you're looking at that internal analysis. So how is your team collecting and monitoring section GG data? How are you auditing for the accuracy of this data? How are you educating your staff? What systems and processes do you do not only to monitor the GG data collection, but also the process for determining the usual performance, which is done by the clinicians in the facility? 
for the percent of residents whose ability to move independently worsened, that specifically focuses on walking 10 feet. So again, while part of section GG, you're looking more specifically at the education provided to staff on how they document or measure how the resident walks 10 feet auditing for accuracy, looking at your systems and processes to ensure that the underlying processes that drive accuracy in your Section GG data collection is in place. And having that accuracy as well as monitoring the MDS data for accuracy to ensure that whatever is reflected on the quality measures based from MDS data is accurate to the resident. So again, it's a focus on systems and processes. Now, the other measure that we have that will be frozen is the pressure ulcer measure, which we talked about on the webinar. But again, just to recap, looking at those systems and processes. So how do you monitor residents that are at risk for skin breakdown? What processes do you have to monitor current wounds to ensure they do not worsen or that they're healing timely or following up to change treatment plans if they're not healing as expected? And then the root cause analysis. When we talk about root cause analysis, this may be where you find you have a system breakdown or an inaccuracy, and then you're drilling down to see exactly why or the causes or cause, it could be a singular cause or multiple causes that led to an inaccuracy, whether it was we did not have a consistent or accurate documentation to support the type of wound in the medical record, or that we had missed supporting documentation for section GG, such as we only looked at the nurse aid documentation and we did not include the therapy documentation, which may have changed the determination of usual performance. So again, getting down to that root cause, of what caused the inaccuracy or the error or the development of an adverse outcome such as a functional decline or the development of a pressure ulcer and addressing that root cause. Once you have identified the root cause, then you can look at whether you need a process improvement plan or to bring it to your QAPI so that you are working continuously on process improvement for your facility. Thank you, Jesse. This has been a great review and follow-up for those questions that our listeners had. Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? I would like to just remind our listeners that the five-star data is historic. As I mentioned, when we unfreeze next January in these new measures, it's going to be looking at data that's going to be over a year old at the oldest point of that four-quarter look back. And so, Whenever we're looking at five-star and we're trying to make positive changes and improvements to our five-star, focusing on the old data is not always the best effort. So it's good to know where you've been and you have to know your five-star results so you can talk to your consumers and your stakeholders about it. However, when we're talking about making improvement moving forward, it's more important to focus on real-time data and monitor the accuracy of those quality measures in real time or as soon as that MDS is completed so that you know who is triggering in a new quality measure and you can start looking at the trends and the root causes for those process improvement efforts. But again, if you focus on just your five-star scores, this is older data that may not accurately reflect where your facility is today and it may not accurately show the same trends that your facility is seeing in your efforts today. Thank you for joining us today, Jesse, and sharing this great information with our listeners. It's been my pleasure. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. 
For more resources and tools for nurse assessment coordinators, please visit our website at www.aapacn.org. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the LTC NACCHAT podcast.